You are listening to the Empowering Business DFW Podcast, and I am your host, Stephen Austin. This episode is sponsored by Link. Are you someone who passes out a ton of business cards expecting a follow-up? With traditional business cards, as many of you know, they get lost. We are changing the way that we connect with new people. This easy-to-use product is great for anyone. Link offers a line of products that let you share information instantly with the people you meet. You can build a page that contains your contact information, website, social media links, photos, videos, appointment scheduling, custom forms, and more. All shareable with just one tap of this smart device. It's an unlimited use business card that you can change over time. The possibilities are endless. As an added bonus, if you purchase using promo code EMPOWERINGBUSINESSDFW, you will receive 15% off your entire order. Check the link in the show notes for more details. Well, hey everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of the Empowering Business DFW podcast. Super excited about this episode, especially if you are a barbecue fan. I have Randy Salinas. He is the co-owner of Big Salinas Barbecue. Super excited about this episode because I am a huge fan of barbecue, and I know many people that live in Texas is a huge fan of barbecue as well. So Randy, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about you. Give us a little introduction about you know Randy and, and what it is you guys are getting into. Uh, so for me, um, I grew up with a brother and sister. Um, we're lived in Texas our, all our lives. I mean, we've grew up in Plano. Uh, we, I now live in Princeton, um, just a little small town, you know, northeast of McKinney or nor- northeast of Plano, I should say. Um, and when I was in middle school, our father, you know, went and got a pit, started smoking barbecue on the side, uh, started catering did, you know, Mexican food, you know, fajitas, um, rice and beans, tortillas, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, So we did that, you know, my middle school years, all the way through high school. And then as we went into college, um, his health kind of, you know, went down. And when I was, I want to say maybe 2010, 2012, somewhere around there, he was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. So he couldn't really do anything anymore. Um, you know, barbecue. so there for a good while, he wasn't doing nothing. Um, and it wasn't until 2014, you know, watching, you know, barbecue pit masters on TV kind of brought back all those memories of, you know, sitting by the fire with dad, watching him doing it, doing it, getting up throughout the night cooking, that we kind of got the niche to do it again. So I went, told him, you know, I want to cook a brisket. And he said, no, let's go get a, uh, a piece of beef that's just like it. And well, you know, you can try it. Went cooked that, turned out good. Um, and we started cooking ribs. And my sister told me, hey, you should just give it a, give it a try. Um, so you know, we did it. We designed the logo, came up with Big Selena's Barbecue. Because, I mean, one, we're all big. And you got to have your last name. And if you, know, you want to be a catering company or big, you know, catering business or you know, restaurant. Um, you know, so that kind of sparked it. I mean, it was just basically just us do catering. Um, let allow us to have people um, try our food, love it, and enjoy it. I mean, because there's so many people you can go and get it from. You can go buy, you know, at a restaurant, um, but you're going to spend, you know, an arm and a leg to get it. 
Um, so we just want to offer, you know, businesses and families small price food, but great quality, great food, and even better customer service. I think what you were saying about, you know, when your dad and, and growing up as a kid, I think that's a, that's a memory that's going to last in your, your head forever. Yeah. Right. And, and it's yeah. one of those that, you know, as, as your business grows, you're always going to have that memory and putting this all together because your dad started this. Right. And so there are a lot of things I'm yeah. sure you've learned along the way from him that, uh, you'll, uh, again, you won't forget. So what is, what is something that he did starting and kind of, as you learned, what is something that, that you will never forget about that? Uh, I mean, it's just like the memories really. Um, he hasn't really kind of taught me much um, to say when it comes to barbecuing. Um, he's kind of just let me do it by trial and error. Cause you know, um, I'm kind of the kind of learner that, you know, I just like to do it. Um, let me do it and to see if I can pull it off. Um, but you know, he's, when we go to cater or anything, he's the one that slices the briskets. He's the one I'm always asking, Hey, do you need that cut? Are you ready to cut it? Let's cut it. Um, he's willing to help, you know, deliver food. Um, knowing, you know, if, if I have to work or have to go out of town or something and someone needs something catered, he'll say, Hey, um, I'll do it. Um, cause he still can, he can still do it. Um, now since his, you know, his health has come back up. Um, and, you know, I've had, when I worked in retail where I've had to work and he's like, you know what, I'll do it. And it's turned out just as good and customers, you know, keep coming back. It's nice that he he's there to kind of help with the process. Even if you're running a business and a lot of times you're like, oh, you're just the guy who cuts the meat, right? Yeah. Most people don't know there's a process and exact way to cut a brisket. There's a way to cut ribs. Uh, and I've learned that just trial and error, just like you did, but you know, it's, it's the whole process as a whole of creating what I would call a barbecue masterpiece, right? What is, what is a common misconception of barbecue as a whole when it comes to, let's just say taking a brisket, right? You put it on the grill, it should be done, right? That's a lot of times what people may think. So just walk us through the process uh, let's just go with the brisket. You know, walk us through the process. How long does it take? What is your steps to get to from point A to point B and so on? Uh, so, I mean, the most things really is with time, there's not really a time frame. Um, a lot of people will say, you know, when I was first learning, it's 45 minutes to an hour and a half per pound. Um, but I mean, if you take, let's say, a 16 pound brisket, it could take anywhere between eight hours, depending on how you trim it. It could take up to 24 hours or longer. It just kind of depends on it. Um, so when I always tell people, it's like, look, the brisket is going to be done when it gets done. Um, you can't rush it. If you rush it, what you're going to end up having is a brisket that's either overcooked or undercooked. Um, and then really, you know, a lot of people don't believe that it comes down to, when it comes down to brisket, um, it all starts with the trimming process. If you don't do any kind of trimming, you're gonna waste a lot of meat when you go to slice it. Um, so if you go to like a restaurant and you see some of them cutting off a lot of fat, it's cause they didn't do much trimming. Um, so that's why you see a lot of them like uh, Hurtado's barbecue or Hutchins, they spend a lot of time and effort into trimming the brisket um, and saving those using it for sausage. Um, just because the more you spend on trimming the brisket, the better the end result's going to be. 
Um, and then you just got to know, you know, you can take a 16 pound brisket before you trim it. After you trim it, you're going to lose two to four pounds. And then let's say you have 12 pounds of brisket, right? When you cook it, it's going to come down to four or five pounds when you go to slice it. It's going to be a small piece of meat, but when you spend time in the trimming it, it's going to be juicy almost every time. So, and, and I mentioned I would do this before uh, we hit record, but I'm going to get yeah. selfish here and talk about trimming for a second, right? So I'm looking at a brisket. It's got fat, really thick in some spots and really thin. So what exactly should someone do looking at how should we trim this? Like what is, is something that we should really look out for, for anyone, the, the, uh, the homeowner pit master, right? What's something we should look out for? Uh, so when I go to select a brisket, I'm looking for the biggest piece of flat I can find. Um, you know, I'm like something maybe like that thick. Um, the thicker, the better, just because it's going to shrink. Um, so the thicker the flat is, it's going to be better. Sometimes it's going to have a lot of fat on it. Um, but when you look at it, you can kind of see where that fat is. So when you go to trim it, it's just basically trimming it very slowly. Um, and as you kind of progress and you get more trimming into it, you're going to, you know, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Um, I always trim it from the meat side first. So I trim off all the silver skin um, just because you want that rub to stick to it. That's not going to stick to, you know, silver skin on it. Yeah. Um, and then I'll cut off, you know, all the hard fat and kind of leave it to where um, when you go to get the fat, when you touch it, you know, you can tell if it's going to render or not. If it starts getting squishy, that's when you know you hit the right fat. Um, the backside of fat, um, kind of learned it from Aaron Franklin videos and his masterclass. Um, when you go to take that fat that's rendered down, you put it in between your fingers, it basically disappears. Mm. That's the fat that you're looking for. Um, and that's the fat that's going to render down the, the most. Um, so when you go to cook it, you may notice, you know, when you cook a brisket yourself, when you go to slice it, the flat is going to have no fat. And that's where, you know, you've trimmed it, you know, perfectly is when all that fat deteriorates, gets into the meat and you get that perfect bite of fat, moisture, and then that salt and pepper, whatever rubs you're using in there. Well, I think trying to look at a brisket, it's more like a, um, a difficult math problem, right? There yeah. might be bit different ways to do it, <laughs> but the end goal is you want it to taste good. And my wife and I are so different when it comes to briskets because she loves the fattiness. She loves the, yeah. you know, the burnt ends and all this. And I'm more like, just give me the sliced little fat, maybe no fat. So it's always a balancing act. So got to make sure I perfect that in a way that, uh, you know, she's never complained about the way I've done my briskets, but I always try to get better. Let's talk a little bit about your rubs. Let's talk about your sauces because, you know, I know that you've created your own uh, original and spicy barbecue sauce. Let's talk a little bit about that process. I mean, what was, what was going through that like? How did you find the perfect mixture to, at the end, call it Big Salinas barbecue sauce? So the sauce took us, it took me six years to get down. Um, a lot of people don't know with sauce, with rub, really, it's easier to do because, you know, you can, if you make something too hot, you can put some sugar in it to lower the spice level. With a sauce, it's so hard to get it down to the um, perfect blends of everything that you want in there um, and not having it, you know, too sweet 
or too spicy. Um, so it took me a while and I'm, I'm the type of person is I don't like, I want it a certain way and I want it to be perfect and I'm hard to please when it comes to myself. Um, so I mean, when I started it, I basically just Googled uh, recipes and you could just kind of see what people were putting on a you know, homemade sauce and trying to see what they were doing. And that kind of gave me my basis for it to kind of play around with it and I just kind of played around with it. Um, and from the first batch to it is now, it's, you know, night and day difference on it. Um, but when I started the process to get it bottled earlier, well, yeah, earlier this year, um, it became a totally different process for it. It was, I didn't have hardly anything written down. Um, I mean, I had a recipe down, but, I, you know, I would just basically go by taste after, yeah. after I put everything in there. Um, it wasn't until I met the co-packer where she's like, hey, you know what, try changing this, doing this, change it from, you know, a cup to, you know, maybe an ounce, let us know that way. Um, so it was more tedious work. And then when I went, got home, I'm playing around with the stuff that she asked me to change. Um, or, and when I tried it with my dad, it was, we're like, okay, yeah, this is it. Yeah. You know, this is what we're going to look at, looking for. Um, and that process for it, it's a lot of people don't know it's, you can basically make your own sauce and sell it here in Texas. Cause you know, the cottage, Texas cottage law, you, you know, you can do it. Um, but it's hard work to put it all that, you know, time and effort for it. Um, and you may not get it to be the same every time. Um, so when we decided to do it, we're like, look, let's just look at the long-term goal. Um, let's try to get it in stores. Um, and then, you know, if it happens, it happens. If not, you know, at least we, we know um, we'll have bottles of sauce to give out to customers, you know, when we cater and stuff, we'll have it here. Um, so, you know, so we started that process for it. It took, I took every money I had saved up from income tax, you know, money out of my 401k to do it. And, you know, three months later, you know, we were stuck basically going right into the heart of COVID, you know, Texas decided we you know everyone needs to get a lockdown so it's basically like okay am i going to get my sauce what's going on call my co-package say oh no yeah we're good um let me call the um austin right now and get them to sign off on it and we can bottle it for you next week picked it up and when i told my when we picked it out i told my nephew my clerk doesn't matter if we sell one bottle or a million bottles we're successful because six years ago it was never a goal it was never you know in our mind to do it it was just let's just cater you know, now six years later, we've never done something, you know, we never wanted to do or thought we would do, you know, so we're successful. Um, and, you know, eight months later, over a thousand bottles sold, um, like 30 something states um, out of 50. I think we got 17 left to go to hit all 50 states. Um, and then we've hit Canada. So we sold something to Canada. So we've basically gone international with the sauce. Um, and it's just something totally, it's mind boggling that we keep getting, you know, more and more states, more and more business from people, more and more stores wanting it. Um, and then, you know, April came out with the original one. June, we came out with the spicy one. That one took me less time to do because I already had the batch, the recipe down. I just needed to get down to the level that I wanted it to. Um, with our Noble Rub, that I was also working on for four years um, and I basically had the recipe down. 
I just never was going to put it out. It was just something, you know, we use on our, our briskets. Um, but now, you know, we're working on three more rubs that we're going to drop sometime in February or uh, March. Um, so be, be on the lookout for those. I'm going to have to get some of that and try it because, you know, when you try to perfect the perfect rub, there, there's always so many ingredients that it takes. And for me, I'm just, yeah. the, like I said, the the typical homeowning barbecue master. You know, it's it's got to be perfection. And the fact that it took that long to perfect it, it your hard work's paid off. So congratulations yeah. to you for that, okay. because that's, that's not an easy venture to go through uh, when you talk about using all the money that you have in your 401k and, and a lot of goes into that. And that's a huge sacrifice, but uh, you took a chance on yourself and the company. And so again, congratulations to you on that. I know that you have, when we were on the phone the other day, you had mentioned that you do have a couple locations locally that stock this. So where can people buy it if they live in the DFW and where can they buy it if they live outside of the DFW, maybe online? Yeah. So online, um, if you want to get it from us, it's uh, BigSalinasBarbecue.com. Um, locally, if you're in the McKinney area, it's Chard 380 has it. Um, also, Jose's Hams in downtown McKinney has it. Um, in Dallas, Stone Aces, I, mean, I think in Casa View, has all our both sauces and our no bull rub. Um, and then... If you're in the Roy City, Rockwall area, or you know Greenville, somewhere out there, um, Joe's Meat Market is another one. Um, but you know, if you're in Houston or somewhere else, you know you can go bigslingsbarbecue.com and look at you know the nearest store nearest you. Um, so I mean, just give it a go on there, order it, and give it a try. Selfishly, do you have any plans to expand west of the DFW? <laughs> yes. So I have tried twice to get it in you know west texas because that's where my family is originally from so i mean i i would love to have it out there you know i've tried several one store in lubbock and then one store in amarillo so i'm just kind of waiting to hear back from the one in amarillo they want us to get an heb um, and then in united over there but getting into like a grocery store it's, it's going to be a different process because you know you got to have them wanting to get it and then having, you know, the distribution to be yeah. able to get it to them is yeah. going to be a you know, task in itself. When you say that, I think about episodes of Shark Tank when they're providing a product yeah. and they're like, how are you going to distribute out to all of these locations? And it's just an interesting conversation to have because although you want to have that big name behind you, like a like an HEB, it's a whole full-time job in itself to make that process happen. Hey, I wanted to jump in real quick. I hope you're getting a lot out of this interview. I hope you're really enjoying it. I wanted to take a quick second and read off a review that either a previous guest has left for the podcast or a previous listener has left for the podcast. Now, if you've never left a review for a podcast, I would be extremely grateful if you would just take a couple seconds and just go through that process of leaving a review because it kind of lets me know how I'm doing as a host, but it also lets the future listeners know what they can expect from the podcast. Now, when I talk about the process, it's actually pretty simple, so let me walk you through it real quick. On Apple Podcasts, if you open the app and you scroll to the already subscribed Empowering Business DFW podcast and you scroll to the bottom where it says ratings and review, just under the review, you will see write a review. You click on that, 
input your review and hit send. After that, it's finished. This five-star rating comes from Gym Training LLC. Love how Steven leads the podcast. Great questions, then allows the guests to answer. Love it. Well, thank you, Gym Training LLC. Now let's get back to the episode. So let's talk a little bit about the catering business because that's majority of what you do. You have your barbecue sauce and you have your rubs that people can buy, but the bulk of your business is catering, right? Um, So let's talk about that. Is that first, let's talk about the geographic location. Are you just working in the DFW area or have you ventured outside of the DFW area as far as catering is concerned? So we've catered all the way out past Weatherford. Um, and like I tell people, um, or even my brother and dad will tell them, like, look, we'll go wherever you want us to go. You know, we've gone to Paris to uh, cater for people. Um, as long as they're willing to pay that extra cost of, um, you know, gas for us to get over there and back, we're willing to do it. You know, if they want us to go to Houston and, pay, and they're going to pay for the gas to get down there, you know, we'll go down there and cater in Houston. I have no issue catering anywhere. Um, but the most of our stuff is... Um, small family, you know, weddings, parties, um, stuff like that. We've done it to where, you know, businesses have wanted us. Um, this year was kind of bad for us because we lost, you know, a lot of weddings and parties and stuff that we had lined up that had to get canceled, you know, because of quarantine and all that. But every other year has been, you know, successful. So we're hopefully 2021 will pick right back up where we left off. Yeah, and I think... I think everyone's kind of dealing with this pandemic in a different way, right? I mean, yeah, you've been able to maybe still provide that online presence with your sauce and your rubs and kind of keep you up there afloat is what I would call it. You know, everybody, every business owner's got to figure out a way to digitize their business and having a presence online with just, just your, your sauces and your rubs hopefully has helped through the, the times of the pandemic, because that's, that's a huge deal. But for any of the listeners out there who are interested in getting a, a hold of Randy for catering, just know he can go anywhere. So what is your favorite thing to do on the, on the smoker or what is your favorite signature item to do? Uh, I mean, brisket is what I really love to cook. Um, my family really kind of loves for me to cook ribs um, just because, you know, when I cook ribs, it's basically they're gone. Yeah. Um, and kind of the other thing that I've kind of gotten into is uh, Texas Twinkies. I'm cooking those. Let's expand you know, on of, that a little bit. <laughs> so it's basically a jalapeno popper with brisket inside. Um, so I'll take leftover brisket, um, put it with cream cheese and the Fiesta blend cheese. Um, and then I'll season it, the cream cheese and stuff with the brisket inside with some... Um, it's called Holy Smoked Infinite Goodness. Um, and I'll season that with it. And then on the outside, wrap it in bacon. Um, and then season the bacon and the jalapeno with uh, our no bull rub. And just throw it on the smoker until you get that crispy skin that you want on the bacon. And then just sauce it up and it's good. Sounds really good, actually. Oh, yeah. So the ribs are your favorite. What about the ribs do you love doing? Why, why ribs? Uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of easy to cook. You can kind of throw them on the smoker and just wait, till, you know, they start bending um, and, you know, they start cracking and it's, you know, beautiful. You don't have to kind of wrap them. You can just leave them on the smoker, um, sauce them on 
small sauce them at the, at the end. Um, I do a lot of, we do a lot of competitions. Um, this year we didn't get to, so I mean, when I cook ribs, I kind of do it for like I'm doing a, a cook-off, um, you know, in our backyard, but it's just us cooking it. I mean, just us eating it. Yeah. So when you started the catering business, what was the biggest hurdle that you had to face aside from the pandemic that we're dealing with now? Was it getting traction in the market to for people to actually sign you up to or hire you to cater? Or what, what was the biggest obstacle that you faced starting the catering business? Uh, it's getting everything lined up for it, um, getting all the permits. Um, a lot of people know if you don't have a restaurant to do or you don't have a food truck or something like that, um, you can't just do it at home. You have to basically uh, run either a commercial kitchen or uh, for us, we're lucky enough to have two close friends to the family that own their own restaurants that we can go and use, um, you know, to cook everything there. So we don't have to spend the money um, to run the commercial kitchen each time. Um, but other than that, it's just basically getting the word out. Um, for us, I mean, we've been on social media since kind of since we started on Facebook, um, but we didn't have a presence until this year. Um, so COVID, you know, kind of through a kink in the chain, it kind of helped us out with, you know, being able to get that social media presence going, um, to build the brand, you know, for a sauce, but also for our catering, um, stuff. So luckily, you, you know, Thanksgiving, it's kind of picked back up, uh, to where we've got new business coming in and oh. stuff lined up already. That's good. What type of equipment, and let's just say somebody was interested in starting a catering barbecue business. What type of equipment should they start with? Is there anything that you're, you know, specific to as far as the big smokers, you know, personal smoker? What's some some suggestions or recommendations for someone who's looking to get into uh, barbecue? I would recommend to someone to get uh, a custom smoker, um, and just having something big enough. Um, there's a lot of ones now that are popping up that just have, you know like an Oklahoma Joe or, you know, like a Traeger or something, but then trying to do catering on the side or, you know, just cooking briskets for people. Um, with us, when we first got into 2014, we would have some stuff that would come up that would be, you know, 107 people that we would have to cook briskets on and then take it off and basically cook the ribs or cook chicken on it at the same time. Rotate yeah and it just became a hassle so i spent the money to go and get our big smokers so that we had the capability of cooking you know 20 plus briskets on or you know whatever we needed to do we could cook it on it uh, yeah. and then really i recommend now too is to get for someone to get like an either concession trailer or like a um a porch trailer just so that way they have it because um, when you go to do like pop-ups and stuff, a lot of these cities like Dallas or something, they're going to request that you have sinks there um, to be able to wash everything in there. Because, you know, you just don't want to be able, you know, to do the tubs. Yeah, the tubs are nice, but it's it's not going to work all the, all the way. Yeah, You're not going to get stuff, you know, sanitary. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at your your smoker on your Instagram page. It's uh, It's pretty intense looking. Yeah. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, when I do a brisket at the house or I, I'm doing a couple of racks of ribs, I have a vision grill, which is the, the bigger one, similar to like a green egg. 
Yeah. And, and it does the job, but if I ever want to throw something else on the side, I have to wait till it's done or pull it off. And, you know, it's just kind of, but again, it's just for, for the family and you yeah. know, when friends come over, but that's, that's exciting. The fact that, that your smoker is, is like that. So what is, who, who designs your smoker? Did you, did you have input on that? Who did you use to design it? Yeah. So it was, uh, the company is called Brown Welding LLC. There, he was out of Benbrook, but I think he's now out of Weatherford. Um, and I basically, you, like, you can go to him, you can tell him, uh, it gives you the options on what size pit that you want. If you want two doors, three doors, if you want a rotisserie style, um, and then you can tell them, you know, what you want on there. Um, so like, if you look at ours, we have a griddle um, and then kind of like a craw crawfish pot and some fryers on there. But all those accessories we had bought prior that we told him we just want these mounted. So when it was almost done, we went and delivered it to him. And then we got to see the pit itself. Um, but I mean, he can design everything on there if you want it. You basically tell him what you want and he goes, based off of it, yeah. off, you know, what your preference is. Tell me a little bit about these. Again, I'm looking at your, your Instagram for reference, but you have some other little smaller smokers, more like a personal use smoker. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so you're referring to the, the drum smokers. Mm -hmm. um, those are what I'm gonna use for compositions. Um, so that big smoker we were pulling behind, it's a, it's a heavy smoker to maneuver. Um, but those, the drums are basically like having, um, a smoker and a pellet smoker or a green egg all rolled up into one. Um, so you can basically light it with char get the charcoal basket fill, light it, drop it in there, put your racks back in there. You can cook it 225, 300, 325, whatever you want. Once you get that temperature up to where you want it, you can dial in and it'll stay there for a while. That's cool. So you can do basically like a brisket low and slow 225 for, you know, for 20 plus hours if you wanted to, or you can do a brisket in five or six hours if you wanted to. Impressive. Let's, I mean, you mentioned charcoal and do you prefer lump charcoal? I mean, what do you use as far as providing that, that heat? So when I'm like just grilling, um, I prefer, or, you know, using the big smoker, I'll use lump charcoal. If I'm using the drums, I'm going to use briquettes just because you want that consistent flavor on there um, and my go-to really with charcoal is uh, b and b charcoal just because it doesn't smoke very much um, but it is going to give you long heat for a good while i'm gonna have to check out that b and b charcoal because it feels like i go through so much of it and i don't know if it's because it, it's burning faster than what it should but i don't get anything specific i just go to walmart and get the big red bag of lump charcoal oh yeah royal oak yeah yeah yeah, a lot of them, um, and you can really kind of check out our second podcast of Damn That's Good with Dixon and Barbecue. We talked to the uh, the rep of B&B, and he kind of goes into um, of what people put into the charcoal. Um, so, you know, a lot of the charcoal will burn quick because there, a lot of the stuff that's in there, it's basically like having lighter fluid in it. Hmm. Even though it's not lighter fluid in there, but it's basically, you know, kind of that substance. It. And, yeah, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I kind of got away from just the typical charcoal is because of the ingredients that were in it and lump yeah. charcoal for, was supposed to be a, a better burn for that. And that's kind of why I switched over, but I'll definitely check out that B&B &B and see if there's a huge difference there. So what are some tips that 
you may have that you could tell the typical person who's looking at do some, do you have any tips or tricks that you might be able to just share? Don't do this or try this instead of this. Uh, well, really the biggest thing that we do preach is just cook with love. Um, you'll notice that, you know, we're cooking with love. It'll basically, you can taste it in there. Um, so where if you, you know, you get a brisket that may be overcooked, it's still going to be good. Um, versus, you know, when you're just kind of throwing it in there yeah. and just leaving it. Uh, but it's basically just be patient with it. Um, and you are going to mess up. I still mess up from time to time. Um, it's just the learning experience of it. Um, and really just kind of write stuff down. If you're getting into it, um, write down your cook of what, you know, what, how you trimmed it, the weight on it, um, what seasonings you use, what wood, what um, time and temperature you cooked it on you know, how long it took just so that way you have that reference to go back to know, um, you know, if you cooked a brisket and it was the best brisket you ever cooked, you can go back, you know, two, three months later and, and see how you did it to, yeah. you know, be able to go back and cook it that same way. Yeah, no, that's good. What's an important message that you want the listeners to take away from this conversation? Uh, just do some, whatever you, you love to do, whether it's barbecue, you know, making shirts, hats, um, you know, maybe it's just spending time with your family going on vacations or whatever, do it. Um, with this year, you know, everyone's had a bad year, you know, even if, you know, you've been successful, you know, business-wise, whatever, you've come on hard times at some point. Um, so just doing whatever it is that you love, do it. I mean, life's too short for you to ask yourself, what if I did that? Or what if I did this? You know, stop saying what if and just go for it. Um, you know, I've had people, you know, message me through Facebook or Instagram saying, hey, how do I get the sauce bottled? What's going on? How do I do it? And I've helped them, you know, along those ways. So that way they don't, they don't have to say what if. Um, a lot of people kind of get mad at it. I'm like, look, the more small businesses you have, the better this world is and the better this country is. Because a lot of people forget small businesses is what makes this country great. It's not, you know, Nokia and, you know, whoever. It's small businesses, you know, that make this country go. And when they go, this country, the economy is going to end up going too. So well, just put that time. Yeah, and I think that's the whole origin story of this podcast is knowing that small business owners like yourself going through a pandemic has kind of struggled. So for this podcast to give a platform for you guys to tell your story. I completely agree with you. I mean, small businesses are what make the, the, the economy turn, right. Even though the bigger manufacturers and all of this are, are important, but yeah. it's the day-to-day -day businesses that people are really tuned into uh, that make a difference. So I, I like to ask this question on every episode, just because everyone sees it different, right? So how does Randy define success? So I don't define it as how much money we make or if we make a profit. Um, yeah, you know, our goal is to make a profit each year. Um, but that's not our what our goal is. Our goal is just, you know, every catering job that we have, if we can get one person, let's say out of 50, to come and, you know, email us saying, hey, uh, what, you know, can you cater in this or can I just get a brisket? That makes us successful. Um, or getting the, you know, the stories of people, you know, trying our sauce, 
um, giving that feedback saying, hey, you know, my daughter doesn't like, doesn't like, you know, certain sauces, you know, it's a very picky eater, but we gave her, you know, your, your sauce and now she loves it. She wants to eat it on everything. That in itself makes it successful for us being able to, to touch people's lives and, you know, make a difference, you know, yeah. in their cooks and in their personal lives. Yeah, that's good. I like that. What is some, uh, some advice that you would give to somebody? And I know we maybe talked about it briefly early on, but what is a, a specific piece of advice that you would give to somebody that wants to start a catering business, that wants to really get into the barbecue industry? What is something that you would just make sure you do this or else? Uh, one, go for it, um, but make sure you have all your licenses and stuff. Um, you're registered through the state, you know, sales tax, uh, get your employer identification number, um, get everything you ha- you need in line just in case, you know, if you want to have a restaurant um, and have a goal. Um, so, I mean, if your goal is just to cater on the, cater on the side, is your goal going to end up being, you know, to make it a full-time job, to be a restaurant, whatever your goal is, have that in your mindset of being yeah. able to reach it. Um, and, and don't get discouraged um, when stuff doesn't go your way or, you know, you may think you have a job lined up and they may say, no, this other person is going to give it to me. Don't get discouraged with it because when one thing goes away, you're going to find, you know, one or two people are going to come, you know, later and say, hey, let me get, let me go, go for it. Go for it. Let me try it. Yeah, I like that. You mentioned this earlier as well. You have a podcast out there. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. What is it about? And then what are some other ways that people could get on it and follow you? Yeah, so the podcast is called Damn, That's Good with Big Salinas Barbecue. Uh, it's a podcast I do with my brother. Um, we basically talk about uh, competition barbecue, backyard barbecue, giving tips, tricks, answering people's questions that they have, um, you know, give recipes. Um, this next year, 2021, we're going to have um, guests come on and talk about, you know, rubs or sauces, whatever the business day they may have. Um, and kind of let them tell their story as long as ours, you know, as well as ours. Um, but you can download it anywhere you can get your podcast. You mean uh, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you download it, you can get it. Yeah. And again, for the listeners, I always try to put this in the show notes, uh, a link to his podcast. So I'll make sure I'll do that as well. Uh, what are some other links or, or ways people can follow you? Uh, so it's YouTube. Uh, just search Big Salinas Barbecue, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Big Salinas Barbecue. Uh, we're on TikTok. I don't post as much, uh, but most of my TikTok videos will basically be kind of cooks. Um, and that's just Big Salinas Barbecue as well. Or you can email me if you have any questions or you just uh, um, want to ask, you know, catering, whatever it is. It's Big Salinas Barbecue at gmail.com. Um, or you can just go bigsalinasbarbecue.com to check us out. So, you, you know, um, get the emails. You can get or order your sauce, uh, catering stuff. If you have a, you know, retail business, you may maybe want our sauce in. Uh, there's a form for you to do that as well. Awesome. Well, last question. And I know that that your business is co-owned with your brother and your dad. Um, 
And so I like to give this opportunity to kind of shout out anyone who's kind of, you know, I talk a lot about strong foundations in a business as a business owner, uh, because typically it's not done by yourself, right? There's a, there's a team of people that have kind of been there to support you throughout your journey. Um, so I like to give you the opportunity to shout out anybody that you would like to do and uh, kind of thank on this podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, that'd be, you know, my, my family, you know, my parents, uh, my brother, you know, been there, you know, side by side with me, um, you know, since 2014, along with my sister, um, my nieces, both my nieces have helped catering. Um, now my youngest nephew, along with my oldest nephew, have kind of stepped into it to kind of help out. And I'm kind of teaching my nephew, Mason, um, to learn it as well, um, how to cook everything. Um, the youngest one, when he's done in sports and he, you know, he's over here and wants to help cook, you know, he hops on and says, hey, can I, can you, can you, can I cook with you? Teach me and I'll, I'll show him. Um, but then, you know, other than them, really the biggest supporters this year has been Kevin and Laura Caldwell with Holy Smoked. Um, they have a great line of seasonings that, I, you know, we use and that we love. Um, and James Ledbetter. They have been, them three have been the biggest supporters with helping us build our brand when it comes to sauce. Um, without them, you know, four or five of my stores that we're in now wouldn't be even, they wouldn't be in it because of them. They helped us get there because, you know, they were, they basically every competition, um, they're spreading the word about, about us. So, you know, we get stores all the time now saying, hey, I hear you got a product. Uh, let me buy, let me buy a case or two, um, you know, so without them this year wouldn't be nearly successful. Yeah. That's always a good problem to have when somebody calls you and says, Hey, give me a case of, of this or a case of that, because yeah. that, that means for one, uh, they like the product and two, you guys are doing a great job of, of putting it out there in the world for people to, to learn and taste and try. And so congratulations to you on that, you know, starting in 2014 and, and the way it is going into you know, 2021 into 2022 and so on. Um, I, I look forward to seeing uh, your pro your progress and, and way that it's going to be one year, five years from now. So again, congratulations to you and your business. And uh, I thank you a lot for being on and taking the time out of your day to, uh, to join me. I think it was my pleasure. that wraps up this episode of the podcast and thank you for tuning in this week if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe so you get notified when a new episode releases every week and if you are a visual person feel free to check out the youtube channel do you want to be a guest on the show if you do send me an email to empoweringbusinessdfw at gmail.com and as always thank you for listening stay well and god bless